0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Dave Koop, Senior Pastor of Coastal Church in Vancouver, Canada. This morning we were talking about uh, how God wraps a present, so if you have your notes you can refer to them and uh, we'll talk a little about that. Our whole month, that's our series, Unwrapping Christmas and a lot can be said about that. We started last week, and if you missed last week, of course, you can go right to the website and pick up the podcast there or listen to it online there. Uh, the way you wrap a present can get a lot of attention, and uh, every once in a while I've gone shopping at this store uh, down on the corner of Berard and Alberni. And, uh, you know, I see their advertisements on all the bus stops. At Tiffany is the store, in case you don't recognize this uh, colored bag. And it's something really weird that happens, guys, when you go there and you buy something, and uh, then you walk out of the store and you walk down the street. Now, you can be carrying any other kind of bag from ba- the Bay or Sears or Sportjack or something, and nobody pays much attention to it. But when, you, when you're walking down the street with one of these, every woman turns around and looks... It's like, who did he buy that for? What's in that bag? And there's just this level of expectation because of the way it's wrapped. And of course, inside, they wrap that little box, put the bow on it, and there's a lot of anticipation. I know it works for me when I give Cheryl one of these uh, bags, and there's, a, there's this, uh, this color. Her eyes always light up because uh, she likes jewelry. And uh, it's, that hasn't changed over the years. I've improved my gift buying over the years, and I think the wrapping, but it took me a while to learn it. One of the first years, I bought her a book on how to play squash. And uh, I thought that would do it, you know. And I said, man, honey, you're going to like this. You're going to really get better at it. We'll have better games. And uh, she never did read that book. It kind of reminds me of that ad. I don't know if you've seen the ad. It was out a couple years ago at J.C. Penney about the guy who bought the, the vacuum cleaner, uh, the dual bag vacuum cleaner. And he got, he got nicknamed dual bag. So anyhow, the way we wrap a present is really key on the way we receive it and what's inside of it, the way it's expected. How did God wrap a present? Wrapping can cover something. It can hide something. It can bring anticipation, excitement about something. And uh, you can also be so wrapped up you don't know what's going on. I got an email this week from American Airlines and uh, every once in a while, I guess I must have flown them because they sent me an email. And in that email, there was this little video. And they, they suggested watching the video. And the video was about arrivals. And the introduction to it was that please enjoy this holiday video, which celebrates how arrivals of all kinds bring joy. And uh, then in the video, it says, when you spot an arrival, celebrate. And that was kind of the, the theme of the video. When you spot an arrival, celebrate with joy. It's interesting there wasn't much about or anything about Christmas in there or about Christ in there, but the the idea was good that when you see something that has arrived, you should celebrate. Well, this morning we're going to talk about some of the main characters in that Christmas story who didn't spot the arrival of our Lord. And the reason they didn't spot is because they were really wrapped up in different things. And things that they got wrapped up are the same areas that we get wrapped up today. And we may miss... What God is doing in our lives. They miss what God was doing then, and we can miss what God's doing today because we're wrapped up in different things. So what do we get wrapped up in? Well, one, we can get wrapped up in ourselves, and we read about Herod in the story, and Herod was wrapped up in himself. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, it's there in your notes, Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About the same time, wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We have seen his star as it arose, and we've come to worship him. Herod was deeply disturbed by the question, as was all of Jerusalem. Herod was, he basically wrapped up in himself. He's not a very nice man. Historically, he's not a nice man. He he killed a lot of his own relatives. He was very concerned about himself, wrapped up in his own life. And he'd been ruling for about 35 years when this was taking place. And he was, in his own insecurity, in being so wrapped about himself, he didn't want anybody else to think there could possibly be another king born. So as you know the story, he has the children, the boys under the age of two, in Bethlehem, in that area, he had them killed. And he was nobody else is going to enjoy this, and he was about to try and snuff that out. It's Herod, wrapped up in himself. And it's possible for us today where we could get all wrapped up in ourselves and we could be missing what God was doing. A number of years ago, we watched a movie in our home. It's called How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I don't know if you... Has anybody ever seen that movie about the Grinch stealing Christmas? Okay, a few of you have seen that. I can't really see you, but out there... But I'm assuming some of you have seen that. And, you know, in the Bible, uh, Herod's kind of the Grinch in the story, except he's worse than the Grinch. Because the Grinch, he, he actually comes to realize... Uh, what's going on? He lives in Hoosville, or at least he oversees Hoosville. Lives outside of Hoosville, and he had, he had kind of a dysfunctional background as a kid, and uh, he grew up to be kind of a miserable child. And he doesn't want anybody else to enjoy Christmas. And in Hoosville, they always get together and they celebrate Christmas. And as the story unfolds, it leads to this place where he steals everybody's gifts, and he figures if I steal their gifts, they're gonna the spirit of Christmas, the joy of Christmas is going to be gone. So I'll steal all their gifts. And then they're not going to be happy. He does that, and it's the next morning. He gets up, and he's looking down from his perch over Hoosville. And to his surprise, they're they're still happy. They're singing. It didn't destroy their Christmas. And at that moment, it dawns on him that... Christmas is not about just us, and you can't take it and wrap it up in a present. Christmas is really the joy of Christmas is a spirit of joy that we have in our Lord. And he, anyhow, he gets he gets some insight into it in that movie. And uh, so here's here's the Grinch, and we'll show you a little clip of it, and then we'll go into the next one. First one is wrapped up in ourselves. Mm-hmm. It started in low and it started to grow. But the sound wasn't sad Why the sound I, this merry. But it was merry. Very. Every who down in Hoover, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. <laughs> Christmas. he thought Don't he? Come. Christmas. Christmas. that's great he has his aha moment And uh, the Grinch, all wrapped up in self, comes to this moment. It's not in a store. Maybe there's something more to Christmas. And I hope this season, if you haven't already, you discover there's more to Christmas than boxes and bows and being so wrapped up in ourselves. You can also just get wrapped up in busyness, and you can miss what God's doing. There's a story that's told by Skip Isaac, and he wrote for Men of Integrity, and he tells a story about a guy named Josh. And Josh is going through the streets of Chicago. He's got a, a new car. He's had it for two months. It's a Jaguar XKE V12. That's a nice car. You, you, you'll spend over $100,000 for that car. And he has this amazing car. He's driving through Chicago, and he's coming up to the stop sign. And as he's just slowing down, a brick hits his new car. He flips out, puts it in reverse, tires squealing. backs up. Who's the kid that threw the brick? Jumps out of the car. There's a kid standing on the curb, shaking. He's surprised the kid didn't run away. He runs up to him and he grabs him by the collar and says, Kid, this is going to cost you a lot of money. And the kid's shaking. He says, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was trying to get cars to stop. I was yelling, please stop. And so nobody stopped. So I finally threw a brick. He goes, what's wrong? He says, it's my brother. He's in a wheelchair, and he fell out of the wheelchair over here. He's lying by the curb, and nobody stopped, and he's bleeding, and he's hurting, and nobody stopped. Please, mister, will you pick him up? Please, will you help me? About that time, all the steam that he was blowing off left, and he just said, man, i got to help this poor little boy. He picks up his brother. He puts him back into his wheelchair, and he says, I'm so sorry, and he, he gets back into his car, and he's kind of shaken by the whole event. The interesting thing about Josh is he never got his car fixed. He left the dent in his expensive Jaguar as long as he owned it. And the reason he left it in there was to remind himself not to go through life so fast that someone would have to throw a brick to get his attention. And sometimes we can go so fast through life, we're so busy, we don't see the little things that are around us in life. And really, they're not little. It could be a family need. It could be a loved one. It could be someone that needs help. Or we can just be so busy we miss what God's doing. I'm preaching to the choir this morning because you're here. You're not missing it. You're here, and I think God's doing something amazing this morning. I think this is a God moment for not only for our, our church but for our city. And, but in your busyness, you were here this morning. So excellent. It's, it's great to be here together. But in life, it, we can do that. We can get so busy. In the Christmas story, there's a guy who was busy, and that's the innkeeper. We read his story in Luke chapter 2. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Mary's going to have her baby. She brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. He was busy cashing in on what was happening, and he missed out what God was doing. We can get so busy that we miss out on what God's doing. The Rolling Stones magazine interviewed Mick Jagger on the state of his spirituality. That would be an interesting conversation. And so they asked him, What's your state of spirituality? And one of the things he said was very insightful. He said, of course I have a spiritual side. Everyone has one. But he says, our lives are so busy that we never have any time to be first reflective and then, and then to let some sort of spiritual light into our lives. He said, we're so busy. There he is, a rock and roll star. He says, I'm so busy, I don't have time to stop and reflect. And we don't stop and reflect, we can miss what God's doing. The innkeeper, that was him, busy, and he missed it. I think the other reason is because who would have expected, who would have thought that Mary and Joseph would be delivering the Messiah? I mean, that wasn't the way anybody expected, I don't think, Jesus to arrive. We would have expected him to arrive much different, a lot of pomp and circumstance, maybe like a king or a queen when they arrive. A couple of years ago, the Queen Elizabeth came came to… It's fitting that we tell her a story in the Queen Elizabeth Theater. I just thought of that. Queen Elizabeth, she she arrived in the United States. And the newspapers and the reporters were having a field day because they got a hold of everything that she brought. And she had brought 4,000 pounds of luggage. 4,000 pounds. I mean, I know, I I thought of 4,000 pounds in luggage because I know when we go traveling as a family, we always have to tell our kids, okay, how heavy are your suitcases? Because they only weigh so much have you ever been at the airport and you have to unpack your suitcase when you're checking in because you have too much weight? Does that happen to anybody? We're checking in, and our kids are there. So you guys, you got it packed right? Yeah, yeah, Dad checked it, checked it. We get there, too heavy, too heavy. So there we are, behind the counter, checking counter. we got our suitcase all lined up, and we're trying to put this in that suitcase. And we go back and weigh it, too heavy, get another one. It, it was a, anything, nothing to do with the message. It's just a thought. She arrives with 4,000 pounds of luggage. She has 40 pints of plasma. And then she has white kid leather toilet seat covers when she travels. Hairdressers. Number of attendants. When she arrives, they say for her to land in a country costs about $20 million for her to visit. This is the queen coming. So you kind of expect this is how a king of kings would come, but he doesn't. He shows up in a manger, in a stable. So he was busy, but i got to give the guy some credit because of the situation. We could have missed it too. So we can be wrapped up in in ourselves. We can be wrapped up in busyness like the innkeeper was. And it's also possible to be wrapped up in religion and tradition and miss it. Because you can really know the God, you can know the Word of God and not know the God of the Word. Religion and, and faith and intimate relationship with God are not necessarily the same thing. We read that story in Matthew chapter 2, verses 2 to 4, where we read the wise men arrived and they say, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east. We've come to worship him. When Herod heard this, he was troubled and he, he all Jerusalem with him. When he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes, other people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And sadly, these chief priests and scribes, the religious people, they, they knew that Bethlehem was a place, but they didn't go. They, they, they too... Missed the arrival. And like that American Airlines video said, when you, when you can spot an arrival, celebrate. They couldn't spot it. The innkeeper couldn't spot it. Herod couldn't spot it. These are all different people that they missed it for whatever reason. They were wrapped up in something, and they missed what God was doing. It's possible for us to do that. There's a very famous Indian by the name of Sadhu Sindar Singh. And about a hundred years ago, he gave his life to the Lord. And he said this about our culture in the West. He said, Once when I was in the Himalayas, I was sitting upon the bank of a river. I drew the water, a beautiful round stone, and smashed it. The inside was dry. The stone had been lying a long time in the water, but the water had not penetrated the stone. It's just like the Christian people of the West. They have for centuries been surrounded by Christianity, entirely steeped in its blessings, but the Master's truth has not penetrated them. Christianity is not at fault. The reason lies rather in the hardness of their hearts. Materialism and intellectualism has made their hearts hard. So I'm not surprised that many people in the West do not understand what Christianity really is. So here we can be in a country like Canada, we have a celebration of Christmas, and, and it, it is, at one time was called the Christian nation. It's possible to be surrounded by it, but never had it penetrate our heart because of religion or the traditions. We can just miss the whole meaning of Christmas because we're so wrapped up in the traditions of Christmas. And I hope this season, as you celebrate Christmas with your friends and your families, you, you take a moment, you take time to reflect on that first and greatest gift of all when Jesus came into this world for us. That may mean you as a family reading the story out of Luke. That may mean as a family going to Christmas Eve service or something. Somehow you say, Lord, I'm going to pause and reflect. And we enjoy the poinsettias. We enjoy the Christmas lights. We enjoy the music. And outside here today there's a German Bavarian village. You can enjoy that. And we can enjoy the eggnog and all those other things. But to take a step back and just say, Lord, I want to get to the heart of it this year and worship you and celebrate you more than ever. Well, let's take a look at the un- at the wrapping that God put around his gift. How did God wrap it? It's quite a question because the greatest gift is God coming to us. And you think about it, how would you wrap God? How how do you do that? The Christmas is God showed up. God came to us. So how do we do that? How would God do that? How would, he, how would he do it? Well, number one, he wrapped it in humanity. In Luke chapter 1, verses 30, 31 and th- verse 35, we read the story about the virgin birth, the angel talking to Mary. He says, "'Don't be frightened, Mary,' the angel told her, "'for God has decided to bless you. You will become pregnant and have a son, and you are to name him Jesus.'" The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby born to you will be holy, and you'll be called the Son of God. As a young teenage girl, she gets this message from an angel, and to her credit, she says, Lord, be it done to me according to your word. Okay, I don't understand it all, but I'll believe it. In John chapter 1, John writes in verse 1, then we skip down to verse 14. From the very first, he was the Word. And the Word was in relationship with God and was God. And then in verse 14, And so the Word became flesh and took a place among us for a time. We saw his glory. Such glory as given to only, his only Son by his Father, so to be true and full of grace. The Word became flesh. He, he dwelt among us. How did God wrap up this present? He wrapped it up in human flesh. He wrapped up in skin. He, he wrapped it up in an earth suit. And he sent it to be amongst us. It's amazing. I think the fact that he came to a a stable and came as a baby without a lot of pomp and circumstance was, of course, an amazing thing to do. None of us would have scripted that way. But now when you look back on it, you see how brilliant it was. We're not afraid of a baby. We're we're intrigued by how he came. There was this humility that he came in. That actually is very inviting. As as much as a, a Tiffany bag says there's something exciting in there, the way God wrapped his present was to say, there's something amazing that I have for you. We don't want to miss it in the busyness of life. We want to understand it and catch it. The virgin birth really is a mysterious thing. Augustine said this years ago. He said, seek not to understand so you can believe, but believe so you can understand and I think that's the way you have to approach the miracle of the virgin birth and Christmas. We seek not to understand so we can believe, but rather we believe so we can't understand. Watchman, See, Watchman Nee once said, he said, you believe in your heart. Your heart goes first and then later on your head catches up. I've certainly found that to be true when accepting what God is saying. I first put my heart into it and later on I said, ah, now I catch it. But first my heart catches it. That's the way we have to approach this. He wrapped it up in humanity and uh, what a humanity it was i think in matthew we have the record of god's the genealogy of jesus and if i was to pick my geo- genealogy you didn't get to pick your parents or grandparents or great grandparents but guess what jesus got to pick his we can we can pick what kind of uh, a life we're going to have we can choose how we want to be identified and live but we can't pick our our forefathers But Jesus gets to do that. And it's recorded in Matthew's Gospel, the genealogy of Jesus. And we would think they're all super people. But instead, when we look at it, we're quite surprised that they're some pretty ordinary people. And actually, there's some foreigners in there. I think most intriguing are the four ladies that are mentioned there. You know why it's interesting? Because all these ladies had some challenges in their life. Matter of fact, Mary had her own support group of women who had trouble explaining where their babies came from. Mary wasn't alone. Her lineage, there were some ladies that had trouble explaining where their babies came from. And they're mentioned there. They all had kind of an R-rated story. Tamar is in there. Tamar, it was a story of incest with her father-in-law. You don't really want to talk about that story. That's hard to explain. Mary's was hard to explain. Rahab, the harlot, her story's in there, is one of the grandmothers of Christmas. Ruth is there, she was a widow, she was a foreigner. Her story is interesting. And then we have Bathsheba. You know Bathsheba. Bathsheba is the one who committed adultery with David when he was in midlife crisis. So we have these interesting stories in this uh, genealogy of Jesus. And why is it like that? I think it's there to show us that Jesus was human. He was God, but he was human. That's incarnation. It's God with us. God in human flesh. He's, He's not Superman. Superman, the bullets bounce off him. And we kind of have this Superman image of a superhero. Jesus is not a superhero. He was human. When he went to the cross, the whip didn't bounce off him. The whip penetrated his back. When they nailed his hands to the cross, the nail went through his flesh. He was human. He he knows your pain. He knows your agony. He, he's been tempted with every temptation that you've been tempted with. He he's been there. He's gone through that. He became one of us. It says he dwelt among us. Why? He says, because if you see me, you've seen the Father. I will bring my word to you. I will send my son to you. God wants us to be in a relationship so much with him that he brought the word, and then he brought the word, became flesh, became one of us. He could say, this is what I'm like. Don't run from me. I want a relationship with you. I think sometimes our enemy comes to blind us and keep us from seeing just how good God is. Instead of, he actually wraps us up in in, in a fog so we can't see It tries to keep us from seeing the greatness and the great love that our Lord has for us. It's not about us reaching up to God as much as God reaching down to mankind. So he he wrapped it up in humanity. How else did God wrap the greatest gift of all? How did he do it? Well, he wrapped it up for everybody. I think that's great. He made it very personal. Look at Luke chapter 2, verses 10 to 12. It's there in your notes. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. All people, everybody, all these flags that we had up here, 60-some nations, it's for every nation, for every, every tribe, every tongue, for all people, the angel said. For there's born to you. You can put your name in there. It's born to David. It's born to Cheryl. It's born to Jack. It's born to Frank. It's born to Susan. He's born to you. It was born for us this day in the city of David of his Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign you. you'll find a babe wrapped in swaddled clothes, lying in a manger. So he, he wrapped it up personally. I don't know how you wrap a gift, but there's a lot of thought that goes into the way you wrap a gift. Us, I know us guys are not as good as, as women in wrapping gifts. They say the reason the wise men didn't wrap their gifts when they brought them to, to, the, to the baby Jesus was one, they were wise, and number two, they were men. That's why they weren't wrapped. But if you do wrap a gift, it shows a lot of what's going into, a lot of your heart. It makes it very personal. And uh, you take a look at that gift. Oh, I can tell who wrapped that. Or you can tell who it's for. Well, God made it very personal when he wrapped this gift. As much as it's for everybody, it's for you personally. He thought of you personally when he sent his son. And thirdly, he wrapped his gift in divine love. He wrapped it in humanity. He wrapped it for everybody. And then he wrapped it in love. We had this verse on the screen earlier before the flags came up, John three sixteen. I know we know it. I know we're familiar with it, but let's re- read it with fresh eyes this morning. This is how much God loved the world. He gave His Son, His one and only Son, and this is why. So that no one can be destroyed. By believing in Him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending His Son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help. To put the world right again. This is why he came. He wrapped it up in love. Of course he is love. We sang the song earlier. It's wrapped up in light. You can't take the manifested presence of God, his glory, and put it in a box. You just can't do it. And though this Christmas season, we want to look for it. I think he's here today. I think Jesus is here with us today. He said, if two or three gather in my name, there I am in the midst of them. He wanted this far more than we did. He talked about it before we knew about it. He said, you'll be here one day worshiping in this theater. I thought, how could that be? But he wanted it. He'll be in your Christmas season. He'll be in your family gatherings. He'll be where you are, in the mall or somewhere. You're going to find Jesus. But we have to be ready to look for him. Be aware of him. He doesn't show up often the way we think he is. We can't say, God, this is how I I want you to show up. In the most surprising ways, he'll show up. If we get ourselves off our hands step back and not be quite so busy, and just take a look, look past the stained glass windows, we'll see Jesus this year in our Christmas. There's a story about a, a lady went shopping with her son, and as she was standing in line, her boy is four years old, and the, they see the Santa Claus lineup, and it's a typical mall, busy, Christmas is happening full blast, and and the boy asked this profound question, because he had been told as a child that Christmas is Jesus' birthday. That's when we celebrate his birthday. And so standing there, he tugs on his mom's coat and says, Mom, where's the line to see Jesus? And she goes, that's a really good question. You know, sometimes kids ask the best questions. So she goes back, she tells it to her dad, and her dad was a, a songwriter, not a well-known songwriter, but he wrote some songs. He said, that's brilliant. Out of the mouth of babes, where's the line to see Jesus? So he put a song together, and he asked his other daughters, would you mind singing? This happened last year before Christmas. Would you mind singing it? Becky, would you sing this song? And she said, I'd love to sing it, Dad. And so, in a, a week or two, they put it together, they had this song, and the song's, where's the line to see Jesus? Today, you're in the line. You can see Jesus this morning. As we wrap up the message, I want to just—it's a very simple video, but the song is profound. Where's the line to see Jesus? Let's watch this video, and then we'll close the message part. So let me ask that question to you this morning. Where's the line to see Jesus? If that's his birthday and that's what Christmas is about, why don't we see him more? You can see him in your home. You can see him in your workplace. You can see him in your own personal life. He's there. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you to the ends of the age. He promised to be with us. It's December 2010. He knew this day. He knows your birthday. He knows everything about your life. He said he come to seek and to save those which are lost. He's come to reaching out to us. He's around us. It may not look like we think it would look, and we could miss him as we're wrapped up in all the things in life. Today I promise you, God's reaching out to us. You may have known him for years, and he's just saying, Walk closer with me, my child. You may have never known him. He's saying, I want you to know me. I want you to receive the most amazing gift that I that you'll ever receive, which is my love for you, an eternal life which only I can give. This is the line to see Jesus. You're in it today. Do you see him? He's reaching out to you. Is it refreshing your heart this morning? Let's take a moment to bow our heads today as we wrap up this part of the service. We're going to be singing and worshiping him some more in just a minute, but you could be here today and maybe you're here, you've come to church for a long time, maybe you've never been to church, maybe you're working for the theater, I don't know. But I promise you this much, Jesus is revealing himself to you this Christmas. And today as we close in prayer, I want to ask you, do you know Jesus? For God loved the world, loved you. Unto you the child was given. This gift was for you. But like any gift, it has to be received. You can push it back. You can say, I'm not ready. And he respects that. He doesn't force it. If he did, it wouldn't be love. But a loving father today is saying, this is my gift for you. The greatest gift I could give, my life, my son, to pay for your redemption. And this morning, if you'd like to, pray with me. I'll pray a simple prayer, a prayer to receive that gift, to say thanks, to vocalize what's happening in our hearts, to accept it. Let's all pray out loud together this Sunday morning, a prayer to receive the greatest gift of all, the life that comes through Christ. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, this Christmas, I open up my heart. I'm not too busy. I'm not wrapped up in myself. I'm looking past tradition. And I received this morning the free gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ. I receive your love. I receive your healing. I receive your hope. I receive you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, with your heads bowed and eyes closed just for a moment longer, Maybe you prayed that for the first time. Maybe you've walked away and today's kind of a, a coming home day for you. On the response card, you can just check off, I'm committing my life to Christ. I received Him. And leave that at it with an usher when you go this morning. And there's a great little book called Why Jesus. We use it in the Alpha Course. And uh, literally millions are reading it around the world today. It's a book used in all kinds of churches around the world. It's, and we won't send you other mail. We just send you this little book. It'll really help you. Why, Jesus? Take a moment to fill that out while we sing, and we'll send that out to you. And then join us at the Alpha Course on January 10th. We'll start that course again. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to download free notes from this message or find out more information about Pastor Dave Coop, then we invite you to visit our website at www.coastalchurch.org.